With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you start your hiring process, you may have questions. Will you find good applicants to choose from? What about education and experience? And how will you know you've made the right hire? Indeed is here to help. Millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. You can post a job in minutes and use screener questions to help you create your short list of applicants fast. Also, add skills tests to your job posts so you can be confident in your applicant's ability. Their library of more than 50 skills tests range from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and to be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at Indeed.com slash Waltrip and get a free sponsored upgrade on your first posting. That's Indeed.com slash Waltrip. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Offer valid through March 31st, 2020. Hello and welcome to Waltrip Unfiltered. It's my podcast. We've returned to our beautiful, plush Fox Studios here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And man, am I excited about today's show. Tim Duggar, country music singer, songwriter, and NASCAR fan. A guy that you're just going to absolutely love. He's going to join me on the podcast. We're going to take questions from the listeners and ask Tim to answer those questions. Because I'm telling you, he's as big of a NASCAR fan as he is a country music singer. He really gets it. So we're going to dig into what's happening in NASCAR today. Maybe some changes he'd like to see on the schedule. What he thinks about the single lug nut rule. Are we kidding? Seriously, everybody? We really care? Like, they're going to take off one instead of five really fast. Don't waste your time worrying about it. It's going to be fine. It's going to be awesome. Um, Anyway, some of the things that happen on the internet get on my nerves. That's one of them. But, you know, I respect and appreciate most people's opinion. As long as you're nice, I'll answer you. And my opinion about the lug nut is, I think it's going to probably match right up with Tim Duggar's. On a serious note, though, um, there's a lot talk, a lot of talk in the sports world about events being canceled and, and how we're going to move forward uh, dealing with the coronavirus. And this is obviously something that is very serious. And my opinion um, on this subject is very simple. It's better to err on the side of being conservative. You know, be careful. Do, do, do whatever you can to avoid the spread of the virus. If you think about this, you know, if you read on the Internet, you'll see people saying, you know, more people die of the flu. That's true. I get it. But this just started. We have no idea the scope of it. We don't know where it's going to go to. We don't know how we're going to contain it. So listen, educate yourself and don't don't judge when people close arenas or or say we're not going to have any fans at sporting events. We're at the beginning. We have to understand what all is going to become of, of the coronavirus and how we're going to contain it. If, if, if the president 
who spoke last night says, wash your hands. If, if whoever gives you direction and, and insight and it makes sense, do it because it'll, all, it'll make us all safer. Let's err on the side of safety. And if we were wrong later on, we'll still all be alive and we can still watch more sporting events together that have fans in the stands. So um, just respect people that are smart, have the knowledge, the information that, that we don't have before casting judgment. Um, that, that's, that's where I stand on that. Um, the race this past weekend in Phoenix, so many people were so happy. It, it, it was just incredible how much better it was than, than last fall for everybody but Denny Hamlin. He won last fall and he crashed in the spring, so he didn't like it any better. But the racing, the, the action, they wanted uh, the drivers wanted tires that wear and they want tires that fall off. Goodyear's so smart. They, they can do anything you ask them to do. Uh, they want to build the best tires in the world, so they'll build, build you a tire that'll run 500 miles if you want them to. But that's not what NASCAR needs. They need tires that wear and that fall off, and the drivers have to make decisions on how hard they run. The crews have to make decisions on when they change those tires. So obviously uh, NASCAR, the drivers, the teams put Goodyear to task. They said, we want tires that wear. And damn, they didn't just deliver again. Awesome job by Goodyear. Awesome job by NASCAR and the teams to have the, the lower downforce rules there in, in Phoenix because there was a lot of slipping and sliding. And a lot of great action. One of the highlights to me, obviously, was was the fact that you know Joey Logano was able to win when it looked like Kevin Harvick was a little faster. That that was entertaining at the end. And then the the the, the job that Tyler Reddick did, racing up toward the front. That's going to be a story. It's going to be fun to watch all year long. Tyler Reddick and the rookies. And and don't forget, you know, we talked about the big three from the Xfinity series moving up to the cup and I know they're going to be successful but don't count out oh John Hunter Nemechek he had a solid run he's been really good in these first few races not the results he's looking for but he's going to be a contender for the rookie of the year as well so uh, a lot of fun in, in um, Arizona I enjoyed it much the west coast swing was a success I believe and now we're back on the east coast hopefully the weather cooperates in Atlanta we can go racing again on that high speed mile and a half slippery racetrack that the drivers enjoy so much so uh, thanks for tuning in. We're going to have a fun show. Like I said, let's go over to the hotline where Tim Duggar is standing by. Hey, Tim, man, let's have some fun today. What do you say? Good, man. Thanks for having me on here. I've been uh, been wanting to do this for a while, so thank you. Yeah, I wanted you to come over here, but it's early in the season. And we, we quite frankly, we wanted to test out our technology. We wanted to test out this Skype thing, and I wanted to have a friend that would understand if it got all messed up. And so I picked picked you and i know you've been in the studio today and working on your your uh, music and that's cool too yeah we got um we actually have a, a new song coming out um uh here soon in the next uh week or so and then the ep coming uh out next month but we're already working on the like the back half of um you know the next ep so you know that they, they kind of do singles now and then so we've dropped a song a month uh, so as soon as this EP comes out next month, we'll be kind of ready to start dropping even more music. So it's, uh, it's cool to have the ball rolling that way and, uh, finally getting some music out. Yeah. Let's, let's just throw out there. The six song EP is signs of a good time. And, uh, I think, is it April 20th that the, the, the that'll come out for everybody? I think it's, uh, it's April 24th. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've not had an EP out, uh, since 2015, 
So I, uh, it's been kind of a long time coming and been uh, writing and uh, kind of putting it all into work. But uh, we're kind of wide open at Curb now and uh, really getting stuff going. So it's, it's an exciting time. Well, you talked about Curb Records and our, our friend Mike Curb hosted a party that, that you sang at and you, you told the NASCAR industry uh, about your new EP. Mike got up and spoke and you sang some songs. Um, I want to I want to dig into to where you came from and who you are, but man, that that was a fun morning in Nashville, Tennessee, when you were able to to share your music, sing "Circles," which is one of my favorite songs on the EP. "Signs of Good Time" uh, th- that that was great. Appreciate you hosting us and appreciate what Mike Curb's doing for you. Yeah, I uh, it was it was cool. I was so kind of kind of pumped up that you know NASCAR was in Nashville finally. Uh, it'd been kind of a long time coming. So I was pumped up about that and to, uh, to be able to preview the EP live and, uh, for, for Mike to be there and to have you there and, you know, some friends and the, you know, the music, uh, industry there, uh, it was a, it was a really cool deal. It was, uh, I enjoyed doing it and, um, it, now I'm just ready for this music to get out so I can, you know, release more music. So it's, uh, it's, a really, uh, uh, Kind of, you know, I've always kind of kept myself busy playing shows and all that stuff and writing songs, but uh, the label side and the the Curb record side's really kind of stepped up the last uh, last year, and we've been really putting in a lot of work. And uh, yeah, that was a, that was the kickoff for it for sure. I have so many things I want to ask you about. Obviously, your your uh, time on the road with us in NASCAR, what it was like bringing the whole industry to to the Music City, and I know you were a busy man hosting parties and and uh being a being a good beer drinking buddy but but before we dig into that i just wanted to make sure you and tara the family everybody was good from that devastating tornado that swept through nashville i saw some some photos on your instagram and i know i know that's really uh, heartbreaking to look around and see all the destruction and the de- devastation uh, right there in your front yard um are you okay and physically mentally is everything all right yeah we're all good we got really really lucky um two two streets over didn't get lucky uh so we were um uh it um i mean less than a quarter of a mile there's it's kind of wiped out and uh you know what was you know great about it if, if there was anything that could be great that came of this is it it was unreal how Nashville came behind everybody and uh, has been working. I, you know, I got to go out last uh, weekend and and help a little bit and try try not to uh, try not to be in the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it was it was really really cool to see uh, Nashville really getting. Uh, you know, they Nashville's a special place and and they've been able to recover from a lot. You know, the flood. Uh, uh, you know, back back years ago, and, that, and now this. I mean, they you know they don't say Nashville strong for 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 just any any reason. So it's it really stepped up. But we were really lucky. I I, I didn't think it was that bad. I stood by the window uh, in our living room and kind of wa- watched the trees, uh, and I didn't think anything about it. Our power went out, and I was like, well, you know, we'll see how it is t- uh, tomorrow. And waking up and seeing how bad it was, and uh, you know, all over Middle Tennessee was uh, heartbreaking. And uh, but you know, it's uh, it's uh, it, the you know, one positive thing people has really uh, came behind and helped clean up and and you know, donate. And, and it's been it's been really cool to uh, to be a little bit uh, 
to have a little part of that at least. Yeah, pitching in your helping hand. My brother's right down the road in Franklin. He said they were blessed as well. Didn't have any any major damage there. But uh, glad you made it through that. Um, coming from Alabama, where you grew up, you probably saw, saw a tornado or two. Wasn't anything new or different to you. But, man, when they hit a big city and you, you see the kind of destruction it created, uh, get your attention and it makes you realize just how devastating it is no matter – what part of this country it happens in yeah it was a it was a bad deal those uh you know it's you kind of you see the warnings and you see oh, a tornado or this and you it uh, you kind of don't take it serious enough I, I don't think so uh definitely lesson learned when uh i hear that siren or my phone goes off again i'm gonna be going to the basement not standing by the window <laughs> yeah that probably wasn't a good place to be buddy <laughs> no no so, you know, lord looked after us right on well, uh, let's dig into who you are. I don't know how many of our fans know Tim Duggar. Uh, you're you're one of those guys, like, usually the public knows uh, someone like you before the garage area does, but but yours is backwards. You you showed, you're one of our friends. You're like one of us. And and uh, and now, because of this new EP on Curb Records and, and all that you've got going on, hopefully more people are going to be able to to, to appreciate and hear your talent but how did this all get started i know you grew up in alabama your daddy was a truck driver and wasn't a lot going on in the music world you sang in church um uh, when i remember the first time i i got to drive a race car or a go-kart as it was I, I, it was the best thing in my whole world in the world i thought i'd i'd gone to heaven I, it was everything to me what what was that moment for you growing up in alabama and tell me what it was like well, you know, um, there was something about the radio uh, or country music when I, I first heard it. Uh, my dad's a little older, uh, so I mean, it was he listened to stuff that was even you know pre '80s. It was a lot of uh, he was a big like Jimmy Martin and Jim Reeves and uh, Merle Haggard and stuff like Jim that. Jim Reeves so, is, he, is he the singing sheriff? No, that's Farron Young. Yeah, that's right, uh, Farron Young. <laughs> I remember Jim Reeves though. My my daddy's the same. My daddy was a lot older. We we listened to all that that same country music you listened to. You grew up on. Oh, it was uh, you know there was uh, there was a time where if it even sounded current, it was not country to to dad. Uh, <laughs> but there was something about it. I wanted to be able to sound like like those guys, and I didn't. I you know being a kid, I didn't know what they were singing about heartbreak and cheating and drinking and but it sounded amazing i was like i want so i i, I love this uh but you know i just wanted to you know i used to kind of say as a kid i i don't know anything about drinking or heartache but i sure love singing about it uh but <laughs> as, as i've gotten older unfortunately i've i've learned a little bit about that um but you're kind of you're kind of like, like I love with the radio you're kind of like dewey cox I think I want some of that. Yeah, that was it for sure. <laughs> uh, except I had my sense of smell, but it was, uh, uh, there was, I don't know. It was just something about my dad had the, a bunch of cassettes. Um, he, if you bought so much oil, uh, you got like a free country hits cassette. So I'd put those cassettes in and it'd say, Shell Rotella, keeping the truckers on the road. And then it'd have like 10 country songs. Uh, so yeah, I'd sit and, uh, sit around and listen to those songs and, uh, try to, you know, imitate that. And, uh, that was when, you know, the, you know, the first love, I mean, uh, was music in kindergarten. I told my teachers, 
I wanted to sing country music all the way up. Uh, so that's what I, I, you know, I pride myself to at least I, I, I got, you know, saw as a, you know, young person, a kid, what I wanted to do and, and I stuck with it. So it's, uh, it's kind of crazy because, you know, you go through so many things you can be, you know, young and daydream, but uh, music had, had been it since day one. Isn't that crazy? Because I was the same kid dreaming about being a race car driver. You're down in Alabama dreaming about being a country singer, and I'll be darned. You know, we're a couple of dumbasses, but it, it seemed to all work out. We're getting to, we got to do what we love doing, and and you're on the cusp of getting to do a lot more of it because the music that you're getting ready to put out is is as good as it gets. It's country. I know some of your influences. I know you love Waylon and Merle. Uh, Vern Gosden is a is a guy that. Like I, my favorite song forever was "Set 'Em Up, Joe" and play "Walking the Floor." I mean, how? That's a that's just a great song. So I I I think I'm bred from your same same. I don't want to say loins because that sounds weird, but I think we're 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 like the, from the same place. You know, that's how we kind of hit it off is uh you know our love of country music. Uh, Vern is actually from uh the next little community over uh he was he was born in woodland alabama and that was uh probably six seven miles from where i grew up uh so grew up a big Vern gosden fan and stuff that i uh, i shouldn't have known at my age music uh, <laughs> what uh, what age was that buddy i was i mean i was i knew Vern gosden songs when i was in kindergarten uh wow so uh i mean i was i chiseled in stone is still one of my favorite songs uh and it was, um, you know, and, and that, old, you know, that you could kind of, I don't know, it was just, I, I, I wish I could explain it, uh, but I, I, there was just something about those songs and I, I felt it uh, when I, when I, when I heard it, I was like, I, I, you know, I knew, I knew how I appreciated, I guess what would be the, you know, the word for it. I appreciated uh, country music at a young age and really respected it and, and cared about it. Um, and I think that's kind of what made me kind of want to dive in and start doing it. Well, it's, it's interesting. A, a, a teenager, or excuse me, a, a, a kindergartner, a grade schooler in Alabama. I mean, Alabama's country music, you know, that's part of the culture, but you just took it to a different level. And, and from, from the time you were a kid, it's, it's all you were about. How much different did that, did that make you than the other kids? They were all wanting to play football or baseball, I guess. Yeah. You know, I played a little bit of sports growing up, but it was, I mean, when it got to 14, 15 years old, I didn't, all I focused on was music. Uh, we would, um, so the county I'm from was dry uh, when I was growing up. So it was just like the Alabama song, My Home's in Alabama, the bars across the Georgia line, uh, up, up in West Georgia from Noonan down to, west point uh my parents would go in to like a vfw american legion and they'd work the door and on, i'd play like four 45 minute sets and i'd be like 15 years old and when i'd take a break i'd have to go outside uh and sit outside i, I couldn't be in the bar uh but yeah that was uh it, it, that's what i focused on i i was always you know uh telling people at school about my gigs and i'm playing over at the the hotel bar tonight uh while you know it's football game on friday night well i'm gonna be over here uh you know 
learn learning learn a lot about living and a little about love <laughs> were you the only uh eighth grader at the bar on a friday night i, I guess yeah but you know what's funny is my mom my mom didn't like it she only did it because she knew i loved it but there i, I remember there times where i you know 16 17 playing at a bar and mom's working the door five dollars a head now starting out most of the time it was they went in the hole paying the band uh because nobody showed up but when it kind of i probably was about 17 and a half 18 it actually started kind of uh drawing a little crowd and uh you know if women was dancing a little too what you know naughty in front of me and on the dance floor mom come in there and yank them up so, <laughs> break them up yeah, get away from my son. <laughs> that, so, fast forward from there. Um, w did you ever have any other jobs? Did you ever Did you ever have a real job? I, uh, when I was sixteen, I had a job at the radio station uh, in my hometown. Um, I was the board operator during NASCAR races. I inserted the. Um, <laughs> The commercials. I had that this job is a great, for two weeks. This, this is a great story, man. This is this is life here, and I love it. I and I got fired because I'd come in early and I'd play. I'd mess. I'd do the playlist, and I'd like you know try to you know try to play what songs I thought should be played. And um, so when the owner heard about that I'd been doing that, he called me in. And he's like, you know, this is you're supposed to do this and not everything else. And he's like, if you're gonna make it. Uh, in the radio business, you got to listen to me. I've been in this long time. I, and I, I was like, well, I don't, I don't want, I want to be on the radio. I, I want you to be playing my songs. I don't ever want, I don't think I want to be this guy. Uh, so yeah, he let me go. And I had a debt that I had to pay. That's why I got that job. Uh, I had bought a girlfriend of mine, a guitar, financed it. And I didn't have any gigs that was paying any money. How does a, how does a 16 year old get financing? Well, I gave the guy, I had made a, um, I had, I'd made like a hundred bucks. And so I put a hundred dollars down on a guitar and I was going to pay $25 a week. So I got that job at the radio station. I got a job at a place called Gidney's in Roanoke, Alabama. It was a restaurant and washing dishes. And between getting fired from the radio station and dropping all the salad bowls on a Sunday during the church rush, I, I, I've, I figured out that I better just stick to music and, yeah. and really focus and try to figure this out. So that was it. Uh, got fired from both of them. I just, you know, uh, my heart wasn't in them. And, uh, I, you know, it, I, I, knew I wanted, while I was washing dishes, I was singing. And while I was at that radio station, I was wanting to be singing. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just decided I'd just focus on that. Now, our stories are so parallel because my first job that I got, my first real job, was at Wendy's and I worked there for two weeks and what I, I I started just taking out the trash and washing dishes like you was but they could see my desire to move up was so great that I, I got to be a, a, a cook and so I was I was cooking and cutting cutting tomatoes and and lettuce and one day one evening I cut this finger. I can still feel where it got cut. I cut this finger on the tomato slicer, and I said, I, I quit. This this place is way too dangerous for me. So I got out of there, and that was really the last full regular job I had. I was a Pepsi man for a while, 
because my dad, he was a manager at Pepsi. So he kind of let me work there and hang around. But, but like you, all I wanted to do was, was, was race a car. And, um, and that's, that's how it all turned out for me. Um, my influences were Daryl Waltrip, Dale Earnhardt, and Richard Petty. Those were the three people on this earth that, that I don't know what I'd have turned into if it weren't for those three guys. And um, I know you're a NASCAR fan, and when you were a kid, you were a Big Dale fan too. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, you kind of go for who your dad's going for. And my dad, um, he'd sit on the couch every Sunday, uh, Saturday, all weekend pretty much, he'd, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, he was a, a Dale Earnhardt fan, RCR fan. Um, so I kind of followed right along in his footsteps on that. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I was a DEI fan. Uh, those were the two teams I, I pulled for, um, you know, and, and still have a, uh, a big, like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm always a little bit RCR above, above the other teams. Uh, that was my dog that pooted too. It wasn't me. Um, we, 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 we have no sense of smell over here, Tim. Very good. He's a Wayland's land here listening in on us. Uh, but yeah, um, big race fan. I, I really didn't get to go to many, uh, races live. Um, when I was a kid till I was, till I could figure out how to drive. That's when I got to go to races. Uh, my parents didn't really take me, you know, dad remembers when Talladega was in, in the middle of summer and he's like, all right, even though they changed the date, he's like, oh, it's too hot. I'm going to watch it on TV and drink my beer here. Uh, but yeah, when I was old enough to uh, start going to the races, I, I went. I remember I'd play, I'd play a show in uh, in Georgia, and then I'd drive over to Talladega, and we'd lay, lay down in the car and then go in there and watch the races. So it's uh, it's funny uh, how you know racing's played such a big part in uh, me getting a record deal and my music and playing so many shows at it. Um, you know, I, I had a guy when I stopped down at Talladega a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know, said hi to some folks and I tweeted a picture out or whatever. And this guy, uh, commented on it. He's like, I remember you playing across the street, uh, uh, with a tip bucket, uh, back in like, you know, late two thousands, uh, um, at the free camp. And I was like, yeah, you know, and that, you know, who would have thought I'd, you know, I've played Talladega nine times, uh, now. So it's, uh, it's very, very strange how that played into it, but I'm a, uh, big NASCAR supporter, big racing supporter, and because uh, they sure uh, support me, and uh, so I'm always pro racing and always trying to talk up NASCAR and uh, you know get people to watch and into it, and you know I, I always tell people if you give it a shot, you're going to be hooked. Yeah, and and how did the relationship with Richard Childress start? How did you get to be friends with RC? So um, there was a Talladega race that uh, Brian Vickers won. Um, he wrecked, uh, didn't he wreck Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson? Uh, junior and, and Jim. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was, I was up in the stands and, um, you know, it was, they were raising hell, throwing beers and it was awesome. Um, so I, we go down to Oxford, man, a buddy of mine, we're in a steakhouse there and, um, get talking to this guy that's decked out and, and RCR stuff and, um, we're chatting and before he leaves um my buddy goes hey tim tim sings and he's got some songs that talk about racing and stuff you should you should look him up or check him out and so the guy did 
and he uh, called me up. I was called my parents' house and said, "Hey, I want Tim to meet Richard Childress. Uh, I think Richard would like him." And who knows? Uh, so I, two weeks later, I was at the the winery having lunch with Richard Childress, and Richard. Hold on, we got you. Got to stop right there. You 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 were playing with a tip bucket. You're you're from Alabama, and and now you're at a winery. I mean, not that not the being from Alabama means you can't go to a winery, but you're you're as my buddy tells me, your country is cow shit. How did it feel? <laughs> what was that your do you was that your first big break or is that the first big thing that happened to you? Do you, or do you or do you have a different story for that? It was, it was the first meeting a hero for sure. Yeah. Um, and so you know you've been around me enough. You know I'm pretty pretty picky eater. I eat chicken tenders and beer and. What if, if it's got a cartoon on the box, I'll usually eat it. Uh, but, uh, so, so I went up there and we're sitting there and, uh, Richard comes in and they got salad, like, cause we're going to eat lunch. And I, I'm not a big salad guy, but there was not a piece of lettuce left. Uh, I was like, if Richard Childress puts it down in front of me, I'm going to eat it. Uh, I, so I was, uh, I was not being picky that day. Um, uh, but it was, uh, it was, uh, so, so he, um, He's like, I want you to meet my grandsons. Uh, you know, took me over to RCR and and showed me around. And what uh, year was this? This was probably two thousand. I would say two thousand eight, two thousand nine, maybe two thousand nine. Um, and um, he said, uh, "Have you ever played any races?" I was like, "Well." played the free camping, uh, for free. <laughs> uh, so he called, uh, he called up Atlanta and he called Talladega and, uh, that kind of started it all. Uh-huh. I started playing, playing those and, uh, you know, didn't know anybody in the sport except, uh, except them. Uh, and, um, I don't know. It was, it was, uh, you know, I had, had done that for probably about two years, you know, just playing like a very small handful of races. And I was playing the fan zone at Daytona when you won the truck race. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was playing that fan zone. Did your dog just Mike fart Kirby, again? I heard something weird. What's that? Did your dog just fart again? I heard something weird. Maybe he did. Uh, but I was playing that fan zone before uh, the truck races when I met Mike Curb. Uh, he was down there and he had heard me and that kind of started the whole thing about getting a record deal. So yeah, if it wasn't for racing, uh, it played a big part in it. Um, you know, and you know, I, it's, it's crazy how that, how that world kind of, um, and that's the reason I, I was, a, I'm a legit fan of it. Um, and that's what may, makes it even more special. Cause I grew up such, such a big fan of, of racing and NASCAR and, and everything. Well, you're you're a big fan of Waylon Jennings. Show somebody, show everybody your arm, a, and then uh, and b. What's your dog's name again? Waylon. Yeah. So uh, I, when I think of Tim Duggar, I think of hard worker, and uh, I'm I'm not kissing your ass here. I'm just telling you. And the reason why I say that is, uh, it ain't come easy. You know, you talk about. 10 years ago, you met Richard Childress, you know, and you've been digging, you've been, you've been, you've, you've been going to shows and working your butt off. Um, you, you had a song, um, beer, beer on a boat, which I thought was a hit, you know, that how many years ago was that? 
That was 2015. So, I mean, there's been so many moments along the way you thought, you know, all this hard work's going to pay off. And, and I know you're living a good life. You're happy. You're getting to go to races and do what you do. But when I watch you give a concert at a NASCAR race, you're, you're sitting on a, a stool with your guitar. I don't know how many songs you know. It, it must be countless because you can just sing anything anyone wants to hear as long as they want to hear it. I, my daughter, we were at the Bahamas the other day and I was singing, you know, cause I like to sing, you know that, but, uh, somebody come up and you're, she said, this girl said, Macy, your daddy knows every song. And Macy said, no, he doesn't. He knows a few words to every song, but you literally know every song. How, that's a gift. I mean, not only did you have this desire to be a singer since you were a kid, since you can remember, but somehow you have this capacity to 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 entertain people. I, you know, uh, what do you think, think about I, that? I think I just uh, playing clubs. You know, I there for probably uh, probably seven eight years. I'd play like you know start at nine and play till two and never leave the stage. And I was a dumb because I wouldn't let anybody else in the band uh, sing. Uh, I'd sing. You know, I, what I if they were better? You know, you can't let them sing. What if they're better? Exactly. I'm That's like, the way I was. I'm the best like I, singer, but I got to keep it going. I got, I'd get in my race car if I had one leg falling off or I had the flu. Like, what if somebody gets in it and goes faster than me? I, I can't chance that. That's right. That's right. I was like, <laughs> well, I ain't going to let these guys sing. So I better know a lot of songs. But, I mean, I, there was times I'd go um, when I was, I was working like the college bar uh, circuit, and it'd be seven nights straight. You know, ten to two, no break, never leaving the stage, and you better know a lot of songs, or uh, you know, kind of, you know, I, I always like to um, to. I never, I never used a set list or anything. I tell the band the first three songs, and we're gonna go from there. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I just that's my favorite part of it. Uh, the songwriting I enjoy, and and the being in the studio I enjoy, but being on stage is a million times more important and more enjoyable for me than anything. I'd rather be playing live than, than any other part of the music. And when you started doing all that, there wasn't the old, uh, you know, the, the cell phone with the words. Either. No, no, I see, you know, <laughs> and, and I'm not hating, but I would, I just, you know, I wasn't, I'm not going to have a, a phone up there reading off of it. I'm, you know, uh, that, least, that's not least, you, is it? Yeah, the least I can do is, is learn the song. And I'm also, uh, I really wanted to get a record deal. And so if, if there was a song I didn't know, I would not attempt it. Uh, because what about if while I'm playing a song I don't know, that's the time somebody's going to walk in and hear me and I'm singing a song I don't know. So I wanted to make sure I was always kind of kind of on, on my game. So I... Uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But I, I always, uh, um, you know, but it, all those cassettes my dad had, I actually was going through some earlier because um, there's so many of them kind of, it just stuck with me and uh, uh, everything from classic country to, to 90s country on up. But I can't remember people's names, but I remember country songs. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's weird. It's a good thing you didn't hit concrete walls because I can't remember shit. 
I'll tell oh, you that. What? We've had a good time singing over the years. Oh yeah, I got to sing with you at the at the stage in Nashville, right? Yeah, we've uh, heck, we've been on stage a couple times here in Nashville, and your cruise that was a good time. We did. Some- oh yeah, we got to meet Cheryl and DL. Yeah, maybe two of the best Americans I ever met. Oh, he's they're, they're awesome. They're awesome. Yeah, down there. In Cheryl Texas. and DL, for you people listening at home, uh, they own a he's a he owns a pawn shop, and they have a condo off Turn Two at um, Texas Motor Speedway. And so Tim goes up there and does concerts for them. And when I was doing Dancing with the Stars, I brought Emma, my, my dancer up there, and she got to meet everybody. It's just, it might be one of my favorite stops of the year, getting to go see uh, Cheryl and DL. And I, I hope come April here in a couple of weeks, you're going to be down there. Uh, I guess it's even in March. It's a couple of weeks away. Yeah, I'm actually going to have to miss this one. I, I've got uh, some shows that I... Uh, it's a good, it's a good problem, but I'm, I'm definitely going to miss them, uh, cause it's a good time. And, you know, they have, I've been to a lot of races and a lot of, you know, infield setups and condos and everything, but there's, there's pretty much next level. And, uh, if you don't get enough to eat and drink and good time up there, something's wrong with you. It's your fault, right? Yeah, yes, sir. So I was talking about in Nashville, the party, uh, Dale Jr. was there. Y'all are buddies. Do you go to... Have you been to Key West with him? Do y'all have vacate? Do y'all vacation together, you and Tara? We have before. Um, we've had some good times in 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 Key West, and you know he will even loosen up and do some do some singings if he's got a got enough beer in him. So uh, we've done some karaoke and and uh, yeah, me and Dale met uh, probably probably six years ago, uh, and uh, just kind of hit it off and. Uh, I think the world of him and Amy and Nyla and uh, he's been, you know, we've gotten uh, real close over the years and um, he's uh, been a big supporter of mine and this new music. So it's, uh, it's, you know, again, grew up watching you race and uh, you know, watching him and uh, it's, it's cool to, to, to have a legit uh, friendship because I, I consider y'all uh, close friends and uh, it's uh, that's the reason I always uh, try to, you know, I, I get in trouble sometimes because, you know, social media can be kind of, some people can be kind of assholes on there, but I'm always defending, uh, to, uh, you know, my buddies and, and NASCAR and, and, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been cool to, uh, develop our friendship over the years and I'll, I'll send him songs like I send you and get his feedback. And, uh, sometimes he's a tough critic, but sometimes he likes them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you talk about social media. There was a cool picture of, of, me and Dell Jr. on there just yesterday, and it's it, it's funny that I say me and Dell Jr. because it was 1990. I know that because I know the paint scheme on my car, and it was at Richmond uh, on on the new configuration. They had changed it by then, and it's a picture of me getting a pit stop, and the car's getting worked on and jacked up, and there's a picture of looks like maybe a 12 year old. I, I, I you do the math. I don't know how old he is. Whatever he was in 1990, looked like he was 12 to me. And he's holding his job at 12 was to hold one of his dad's tires. And when the pit crew, you know, when the tire changer came around, he would roll it in. Or he'd at least hand it to the guy that rolled it in. So um, I agree about social media. Mostly I wish they would shut it down because people are, some people are mean. But overall, when you see something like that and it brings back memories it, it's such a great feeling to, 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 
to see Dale Jr. and me and the guy who ever put it up. I don't remember his name, but he wrote future teammates at Richmond, you know, and and so that that was really special. And speaking of that's the positive of social media. Let's you mind if you take a couple of NASCAR questions before you go? I'll go ahead. All right. Um, the buzz lately, which is is amazing to me that anybody would care, but they do. So we're going to address it because you're a you're a hardcore uh, back in the day NASCAR fan. There's a lot of talk about one lug nut is going to you know end the NASCAR world. So I I have this opinion that you know the less nuts the better, right? You know, you don't want nuts running around everywhere. So one, one will work. They're still going to run around there and take it off and put it back on. And it to me, it doesn't matter. Mr. Duggar from Randolph County, Alabama, what do you think, sir? I honestly don't care. And I thought I would. <laughs> uh, I thought when I first heard it, I was like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, upset about this. And then I was like, no, I, I really um, – I think safety. I like. I think the wheel's going to look cool. On, on I think the car. What pictures I've seen looks cool, and I think it's still going to be strategy. Um, you know, of course, I, I think it's awesome when you're down there in the pits, and you, you know, that's one of my favorite things to take people that's never been a race around and take them down during a pit stop and and see how talented those guys are uh, doing that. But I think it's just going to just evolve the way they're doing their job. Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's going to be cool. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. One of the things that I love on Fox is being on pit road and watching those guys come over the road, uh, come back over pit wall. And you've been there. You've, you've seen it. As soon as they get back over pit wall, you know, they've, they've just exercised what is an athletic accomplishment. They've changed four tires, filled up with gas. They've done it in less than 13 seconds. They pop back over that wall. The car's on his way out. And their main thing is get to that video monitor. They want to see how they could have done it better. And, and you know, it's just like they have a pit coach there that's showing them what they did and how it could have been better or why it was perfect. Um, that whole pit stop thing is, is amazing. I think uh, last year they, they went from, you know, seven guys to five and people had a problem with that. Now it's just normal. It's the same with going from five lugs to one. It's just going to be normal. I think it's going to be okay. I, I, you know, those guys, I wish, uh, you know, they get the credit, but I, I, they deserve even more credit. No uh, doubt. You know, it's the pressure that's on them is um, every little part of it's kind of like a, a field goal every time, uh, especially coming down late in the race. And, uh, you know, they got to be so coordinated. And I've, I've been, you know, around and, and seeing how those guys work out and practice. And uh, to me, I, you know, that's, that's one thing that does make the you know the sport of, of NASCAR uh, stand out a little bit different than other motorsports is is the pit stop. Uh, but you know you gotta you know everything changes a little bit. It's not the end of the world. I think it's still gonna be be okay. I'm still gonna watch, <laughs> and all the people that say they ain't gonna watch are gonna watch. Yeah, you're gonna watch too. Um, we talk about change. We 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 heard of another one recently. And that is that the the Bush Clash is going to be held on the road course, and it's going to be under the lights. That's going to be different. I had an opinion last week on this show that the way to make that really fun is to qualify everybody, and then you invert the field. 
he who is first will be last. It's in the Bible, so it has to be right, right? But, but, but you know, you put the fastest car out front in that race, that sprint race, it, it could get a bit of a – it could get ugly. But if you invert the field or figure out a way to make the stages interesting to where it's different, uh, I'm cool with watching it. I got to run that track. I ran the 24 Hours of Daytona a couple years. It's a really fun racetrack. I'm glad that – I'm glad they're going to run it. I want to see the cup cars. I've always wanted to see the cup cars on there. I just wonder your opinion on it. You know, I'm going to – I'm going to miss the clash because it kind of uh, was the, you know, get together. Let's watch it. Oh, this is what we might see next week. You know, kind of the hype. But um, I think it's I think it's going to be cool. It's uh, it's not going to give away a lot for the 500. I think it's going to make it even, uh, you know, more important. And the duels will be the first. Now, I do wish they'd move the the twin 125s back to the the to the day i did like him during the day <laughs> on thursday but i think it's going to be cool you know you're not going to know a lot of what to see um in the big race and so it's going to make it even more pressure on the on the duels and the 500 um with when they started doing the clash at night uh you know they just moved it back and then you know you had the 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 summer night race i was like oh, we're getting too many night races at daytona too much of it so i think you know putting in the road courses it's gonna be cool and um there's so many guys that can win on a road course now uh you know every one of them said you know at least a, a big portion of the field feels like a, yeah. a road course ringer you know you don't have those days where only a few can win there's a lot of guys that can get around those road courses as well so it should be fun yep that question came to you from jeff in tennessee all right, Jeff in Tennessee. Say thank you, Jeff. Uh, cheers. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, how about Thomas in California? He has a question, too, and I'd like you to address this one. What do you think about the 2021 schedule? Where would you like to see – this is not fair to ask you. Tell me two places you would like to see a new race on the 2021 Cup schedule. I would like to see Nashville Fairgrounds, of course. That's why I added another one because uh, Thomas from California only had one, but I know who I'm talking to. I'd like to see Iowa. Yeah? You know where I'd like to see? I'd like to see um, Mosport, uh, Canadian Tire Motorsports Park in Canada or uh, Montreal. I would love us to take the cup cars north of the border. There's so many great fans up there. I agree with you. Uh, for me – I would want to go to Iowa on a on a Thursday night. I think that'd be cool. I'd want to go to Nashville. I don't care what night because it's going to be great. I want to go to Canada, and if we go to a road course in Canada, then there's a there's a short track up there as well that we would it would it would kill it. It would pack that place. I would love to go to Canada. Canadians they party. You know, you see them at Michigan. You see them at Watkins Glen. If I could do anything to the schedule, all right, I can make any change. It would be in middle of the week, though. All-star race would be in Nashville and then the banquet in Nashville as well. But I think that short track, you know, have the all-stars, whoever makes the all-star race would be really cool midweek in Nashville and pack it out and make it an event. And then come back and do some drinking and honky-tonking for the burnouts on Broadway and all that. It, it'd be perfect. But it's uh, at least they're put. you know, it seems like they're trying to, to get get it back here, so – uh, but I love Iowa. I mean, 
you know, I think add add more than just one, add a few. Yeah, and you, you're right. They're trying, and the the changes they made, and NASCAR just can't wave a magic wand. They have to have cooperation from the from the teams, from the owners that spend the money to make the make the show happen. But the changes they made at Phoenix that that was fun. That was a good race. I think everybody enjoyed it. Um, the competition was better. There was less downforce at that racetrack and more power, which on the short tracks makes sense. But at Atlanta this weekend, there's more downforce and less power, which makes perfect sense because we want to see these guys running two, three wide. The way they raced it at Vegas, th- that that was crazy. It was so fun to see the competition. So um, I think I think you're right. Not only the schedule, but the rules uh, that the cars um, – the way the the rules that the cars have i think everything's going in a positive direction and i i believe that that the change in the schedule with us ending the year in phoenix especially with this awesome race we just had all that's really positive yeah it's uh you know i love atlanta as you know growing up and watching so many awesome races there and uh you know going there um and seeing a lot of race races and uh i think it's um I tell it, you know, people, you know, you encounter all kind of people that say stuff. I haven't, I haven't watched racing in a while or I haven't. And, uh, to me, it's, it's as, it's going as strong as it's ever been over the last couple of years. And the racing is great. And I love the competition and, uh, you know, the group of guys that's in there racing, the young guys coming up, uh, you know, against the older guys. And, uh, it's, uh, to me, it's a good time to get on board if you've never watched it, or if you, you know, why wouldn't you be excited about the the races that we're getting to see? It's it's been fun. I enjoy it. I love it, and you know, what I love about you is we spent the last probably half hour talking about NASCAR, uh, but on April twenty fourth, you've got a new LP coming out, and um, I've challenged my producer Ford. We got to roll in some of these songs. Um, I want to roll in circles because I love circles. Uh, I'm a, I'm going to say right now, and we're 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 not a fancy podcast like um, Dell Junior Download. We're sort of like uh, the Truck Series of podcasts. But but circles is an awesome song. So I'm going to pause here, and here we go. Let's see if it happens. I got a beer if you want one. Perfect, Ford. Now, you know what I want to hear, Ford? My my favorite one, Signs of Good Time. Pull that up. This this EP, Tim, you got to be so proud of it. It's you. And I guess the folks at home can hear it. I know, but you got to be proud of what you put together. Oh, yeah, I am. You know, we got a... you're gonna love me came out uh back in january circles february we got next week another song called home away from home which you know my love of dive bars and finding a little hole in the wall of bars and drinking there uh so we have a song about that and then signs of a good time and everything comes out uh next month and it's uh the whole whole six songs they're me so if you, yes. if you like them you like me 
And let me just say, if someone has listened to this podcast and they just heard circles, they're going to be like, well, that's a guy I just was listening to. And that, that shows how your authenticity, who you are. That's awesome. You know, when I was recording those, uh, so there's circles gives, a, you know, the little nod to NASCAR. And then the first single, I still miss Earnhardt. I like a cold beer now and then. Um, you know, I was asked, do you want to put racing in, in on this EP? Um, you know, do you want to, to be that, you know, or do you want to get away from that a little bit? And I'm like, well, no, no, no. I want to make sure to, uh, to tip the hat, uh, to the folks that have supported me and, and, you know, that I, you know, go play a lot of races and we got some, some races coming up this year we're going to play and it's going to be awesome to, to play those songs that are out and that was inspired by them, uh, and those moments and y'all. And, um, so yeah, and there's going to be, there's going to be even more, I'm, I'm, you know, I, kind of always want to tip my hat to, uh, to, to racing. Cause it's, uh, been such a big part of my story. And, and part of racing is a good team. You got to have a great team to win races. And I know Mike curb and curb records is, is a big part of your team. And, um, your, your album was produced by Brandon hood. Uh, tell me a little bit about Brandon and, and, and how, how your team came together to make this EP. So Brandon hood, um, is he's worked under Dan Huff. Uh, for the, you know, that's kind of Dan Huff's been his, uh, his teacher. Um, and, uh, Dan Huff, if you Google him, you, you'd be really impressed with the stuff that Dan Huff's produced and play guitar on. He's actually playing a guitar on a song on the EP uh, called You Can't Leave Me Now. Uh, but me and Brandon wrote together. We got, we got booked for right and walked in and we sit down. He's from a little town in Georgia, uh, North Georgia. And, uh, we got to uh, writing, and we wrote a song called "Whiskey Loves Me." Um, and uh, at the end of of the the write, he's like, "Hey man, if you you ever need any, you know, anybody to work with or want to work together and just really dive in, I'd love to work with you." And I go ahead, yeah, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe we'll write again. Um, so I was I had the option to go with a well-known producer who's produced a lot of, lot of hits and has a really big relationship with Mike Curb and Curb Records. Uh, but I wanted my own guy. I wanted, I wanted, I didn't need somebody with a long list of credentials and all. I wanted somebody that I want, was hungry for it like I am, that wanted to really get in there and work. Uh, so Brandon, uh, he actually was playing guitar uh, at the event that you came to at Curb. Uh, he played guitar on the record, produced it, uh, co-wrote some of the songs. Uh, he co-wrote on Signs of a Good Time and Cold Beer Nights. Um, so yeah, I'm, it's kind of like, you know, kind of, it's kind of like clicking with a crew chief. Uh, I, you know, he hadn't won any races and I hadn't won any races, but, uh, I wanted to work with him and he wanted to work with me and it's, uh, it's, uh, been a great relationship so far. I told him, I, I hope we get to work together for, for years to come. That, that's awesome so the ep is signs of good time it comes out on april 24th produced by brandon hood and features singer songwriter tim duggar awesome time tonight tim hanging with you thanks for your time now i say all that i really got a couple more questions but i i really wanted to just sound like i was a professional broadcaster you know, didn't you like the way i transitioned Great, into the- man. It was, i thought we were about to have a final thought and uh, yeah take care of yourself and each other we're gonna do a virtual hug and no, but actually, I wanted to tell you that I, on the Gridwalk Sunday in Phoenix, I sang to Blake Shelton, 
And did you hear his reviews of my performance? No, what did he say? He said, you suck. Oh, damn. I know. And you and I, we sang together, and you said I was pretty good. And you, we, Miami, Miami, and uh, where's a video of us uh, somewhere doing Looking Back, Texas? And, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, well, that's the, not as mean as he was to Clint before the race, I guess. Yeah, he said he sucked, too. I guess he was just on a you suck thing that morning. And the thing that's funny about that is in Charlotte, Blake was doing a concert, and he was singing, uh, I don't even remember the song, but I was, I was, he saw me and I was standing in front of the stage and I started singing the words back to him. Well, I don't know the words that good. And so when I was singing the words to him, he started singing the wrong words to me and he's like, Hey man, stop it. You're screwing me up too. So I guess, I guess our music history doesn't work well together, but it was good to see Blake at NASCAR. And it was a great weekend in Phoenix, a great crowd, and a and a just a really really entertaining race. Uh, so I'm I'm glad that you know I'm I'm glad that we're in the place we are with the sport, and I'm really thankful that uh that that you're going to be there for the ride. I mean, I think it's uh, I I tell everybody it's it's as good as I've seen it, and, and I've I've grew up a fan of it. I enjoy it. I'm you know, and I you think I wouldn't you know I've kind of you know, know a lot of people in the sport and you, you get, maybe that makes you disconnected, but heck you, you saw me down at, uh, you know, the 500 weekend. I was there and I didn't, I wasn't there playing, you know, I was there hanging out ready to watch racing. Yeah. And, uh, I, um, I think it's as good as it's been and it's getting better. I, I like the changes. Let's be open. They, you know, uh, everybody didn't like the changes of the cars when they started changing them and look at what the cars, and the safety has done, you know, just this year. So I think we got to, you know, be open. Uh, they know what they're doing. It's going to be okay. I love it. And uh, I don't know if you've heard or not, but got a new beer. So next time you're at the races, we'll have a, a two-time blonde. How about that? Yeah, I, I'm ready, man. I've, I saw the post and, you know, you told me a little bit about it when you were in Nashville and, you know, me and beer, uh, we get along pretty good. So I, I'm ready to, ready to try it and, and, I'm I'm not gonna just drink one. I'm gonna probably drink like twelve of them. So, so yeah. make sure make sure you have enough. You're really good at drinking beer. I am. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right, man. Thank you. Uh, man, that that was so much fun. Thank you, Tim Duggar, for joining us. Isn't it funny when you talk to him? It, it's it's crazy. Like, I was a kid and I wanted to be a racer. He was a kid and he wanted to be a country music singer, and we were both blessed enough to make that happen. So. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate you so much joining the show. And thank you guys for tuning in and listening and watching Waltrip Unfiltered. We have so much fun here. We get to know people that uh, deeper than, than we ever thought possible. For me, like the guys that come on the show, I, they're my friends. But when, when the show is over, I feel like I know them better than I, than I did by far before the show. That, that, that means the world to me. And I know that it, it must be special for you guys, too, to get to know some of our guests so thank you for tuning in be sure to share how to consume Waltrip Unfiltered via your favorite podcast app YouTube um, any of the social channels for Fox Sports be sure to share those with your friends so that maybe more people can uh, tune in and check out our podcast I really enjoy doing it and I really appreciate you listening and we'll be back next week with another great guest I know for the last couple weeks I said I was going to get to Victory Lane and do some interviews I haven't made it yet that's a little bit more difficult than you might imagine, but I'm not going to give up. We're going to do that soon. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.